0: Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language, writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we're going to talk about Hanukkah. Sunday marked the start of the Jewish Festival of Hanukkah, and since it's an eight-day celebration, we are right in the middle of it. Hanukkah recognizes the rededication of the Second Temple of Jerusalem in the first century B.C. It had been desecrated by invaders from Syria before they were defeated by Judas Maccabeus. To honor him, the celebration is sometimes called the Feast of the Maccabees. It's also called the Festival of Lights. That's because it's celebrated by the lighting of candles, one on each successive day of the holiday. By the eighth day, eight candles are burning. They're usually held in a menorah, a candelabra with nine candle holders. Yes, I said nine. Eight of them hold the main candles, and a ninth holds the shamash, a so called servant candle, that's used to light the other eight. Very convenient. Hanukkah is a Hebrew word that means inauguration, dedication, or consecration. Menorah is also a Hebrew word. It literally means lampstand or candlestick. It shares the same root word as the Arabic which means lighthouse or minaret torches were often placed high in the minarets of islamic fortresses making these cylindrical towers beacons or lighthouses shining across the dark north african night now comes the big question how do you spell hanukkah sometimes you see it with an h at the beginning other times with a ch sometimes there's one k in the middle sometimes two And sometimes there's an A-H at the end, but sometimes just an A. What is a careful speller to do? The short answer is there's no right answer. That's because the word Hanukkah has not been translated from Hebrew. It's been transliterated. That's what happens when you replace letters or characters from one language with those from another. In the process, you're trying your best to reproduce the sounds of the original language. The problem is, some languages have sounds that others don't. For example, English doesn't have the throaty r sound you hear in the way the French pronounce the word Paris, or the rolling r sound in the Spanish perro. It also doesn't have the rough h sound that starts the Hebrew version of Hanukkah. It's something like the ch sound in the German bach. You may have heard it in the Hebrew word chutzpah, which I can't pronounce in the Hebrew way. Since English doesn't have that sound, an H is sometimes used in Hanukkah, but other times a CH. To make things more complicated, the first letter in the Hebrew version is pronounced differently in modern Hebrew than it was in classical Hebrew. In the same vein, when Hanukkah is transliterated, the K is sometimes doubled to reflect the dagesh in the Hebrew word. A dagesh is a diacritical mark that looks like a dot placed inside a Hebrew letter. When it's present, it changes the sound of the letter. Without a dagesh, the Hebrew K has a muted sound, like the end of the Scottish word lock. With the dagesh, it has a hard sound, like the K in kitten. Because of the dagesh principle, the N in Hanukkah is sometimes doubled, but by accident, at some point, a writer must have known there was a doubled letter somewhere in the word but doubled the N instead of the K. Another person saw that spelling and copied it, and it took off from there. Despite all these varieties, there is a standard we can hang on to. A search on Google's Engram viewer, which charts the frequency of words in a huge corpus of English books from the 1800s through the year 2000, shows the spelling hanukkah as the most popular, with C-H-A-N-U-K-A-H in second place. Also the three dictionaries, two style guides, one encyclopedia, and one usage guide we checked all show the main spelling as Hanukkah, starting with an H and with two Ks in the middle. There may be arguments for using the other versions, but you can't go wrong with that one. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Finally, I have a familect story. I chose this one because it's definitely the time of year to think about food and soon dieting.
1: Hi, Grammar Girl. This is Lisa calling. I'm calling to tell you a familect story. It's really thanks to my mother that this happened because she's the one who came up with this. Uh, She's been trying to lose weight for a while, and so instead of eating dinner, she eats a later lunch, and she's been calling it dunch. And now it's sort of caught on, at least when I'm talking to her. I always say, oh, did you have your dunch yet or something like that? It's sort of like brunch, but for lunch and dinner. I just thought that was kind of interesting. and kind of catchy. Thanks. Love
0: your podcast. Bye. Thanks, Lisa. The other reason I liked your story is because my husband and I used to have a vacation rental that we cleaned ourselves. So when renters would leave around 11 a.m., we worked our tails off cleaning until 2 or 3, and then we would rush over to a nearby restaurant starving and get what we always called "liner," a big late lunch that also took the place of dinner. And I kind of wonder if we put the lunch part first because it felt like a late lunch to us, and your mom put the dinner part first because it felt like an early dinner to her. Just a thought. Thanks again. If you want to share your family dialect story, the story of a word your family and only your family uses, leave a voicemail at 83-321-4-GIRL, and you might hear it on the show. And be sure to tell me the story behind it because that's always the best part. And if you're a teacher working on your syllabus for next term, check out my LinkedIn learning course, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. The short two- to three-minute videos with writing basics could be just what your students need. That's at LinkedIn Learning and lynda.com. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find me at the home of my podcast network, quickanddirtytips.com. Thank you to my producer, Nathan Sems. That's all. Thanks for listening.